What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Joining us from a golf course near you is Nebraska's all-time leading rusher at the time that he was done with his eligibility as well as a Cotton Bowl MVP, Cotton Bowl Hall of Famer, I might add. A, I'm sorry, Sugar Bowl Hall of Famer, Cotton Bowl MVP, Sugar Bowl MVP, Cincinnati Team Bengals MVP, Mr. Tony Davis. How you doing, my friend? Good, Adam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. So, right off the bat, Nebraska has had some injuries in the running back room, as we all know. Two of our top three backs are out this year, okay? And so, we have Anthony Grant stepping up as our lead back, and then you have Emmett Johnson, who wasn't expected to play a ton this year. You can see he's got great talent, great burst, athleticism, gets in, shows some of that. Unfortunately, fumbles the ball on Friday versus Illinois. If you're a young running back, who's kind of been thrust into playing time a little earlier than you expected. What would you, or you're giving advice to him. What would your advice to him be? My advice would be to encourage those around you to practice harder so that come game time, you're used to the violence of the game and uh, not worry about right now, not worry about uh, making moves, not worried about, um, uh, juking people but worry about hitting holes right reading blocks right and being able to do it on the run you only learn that through through a full contact practice which they do a pretty good job of full contact practice and uh, uh you you become accustomed to seeing things on the fly pretty easy but it takes it takes a lot of a lot of that repetition to get that done now, your nickname from your playing days was Tough Tony Davis. Now, I've never asked you about this, so I might as well do it on air live with people listening. All right. I've been told you aren't crazy about the nickname Tough Tony Davis. Is that, is that accurate or is that inaccurate? That's completely accurate. And here's why. Can you imagine you're sitting in an opponent's team's defensive room and they say, they call this guy Tough Tony. Let's see how tough he is. You can't imagine how many extra shots I took at the bottom of the piles for that stupid name. So I went to the press. I said, quit calling me that damn name unless you want to come take those hits for me. Because he's <laughs> got extra hits. And so, no, it's a tough game. Everybody's tough. All right. I never thought of it that way, and I've always wanted to ask you that question. All right. 
Now, we've had 15 fumbles on this season through six games as a team. Lost five of them. All right, so how do running backs get better at protecting the ball and not putting the ball on the turf? By, by practicing it, by practicing, telling the defense, try to take the ball from me every time. Try to take the ball from me every time. It becomes a, becomes a, a conditioned response to, to securing the ball. And, you know, every time I had a coach who made, when guys fumbled, they made the guy carry the ball around all the time. In practice, he had to carry a ball. People walk by, try to knock the ball out of his hands. Then you become accustomed to uh, the pressure of the ball, being able to move the ball. Again, it's a conditioned response. Were you ever one of those guys that carried the ball around from class to class and on the weekends and everywhere you went to the grocery store? Did you, did you ever do that? No, we did not do that. I uh, I didn't have too many fumbles. I, I had a few, but I didn't have too many. I was... I had a coach who, Mike Corgan, who you practice securing the ball high and tight all the time. I mean, just all the time. We had guys who did do that, but I didn't have to do that, no. Now, I'm curious your thoughts on Irving Fryer. Okay, he was on this station last week, and I know a little bit's been made of this, but I'm, I was curious your thoughts on this because he kind of commented on being a former player and he didn't always feel welcomed. I think he said something to the effect of, feeling tolerated, not appreciated, and that goes back some length of time uh, in his personal experience. Uh, how have you felt over time well, as a former player o- o- when it comes time, to coming back to the university? A, a five, ten-year span where uh, that was probably uh, – Irving was probably right in saying that. A lot, of, a lot of former players felt that way. With Trev taking over – one of one of our own. It's uh, it's a different story now. We're we're more than welcome, you know. And and here here's the thing. I don't think that former players should expect the royal treatment all the time. I mean, you, you're a former player. You know, you understood that uh, you had to work to work to get to where you were and and, and and to accelerate and 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 learn to. You know, you, you just learned what was expected of you. It's not, it's not given, it's expected. And if you don't live up to that expectation, then there's criticism as a player. We all know that. We've all been involved in that. But, but from a former player standpoint, um, I, I think Trevor's doing a great job of, of, uh, of honoring former players, of, of, of making sure we all feel welcome, and uh, he does a great job at that. I very much appreciate Trev. Now, I'm that, uh, as people know, I'm that guy that will ask any question I feel appropriately. A lot of time, a lot of times I feel it's how you ask it. You ain't got to dwell on it forever. So I wanted to ask you that question. We're not going to dwell on it. To put my two cents out there, yeah, there was a period of time where former players absolutely 1,000% felt that way. And I felt that way at a period of time as well. But you make a great point. Um, It's not necessarily the current regime or the current staff. It might be a little bit of residual rollover with how some former players feel. But I just wanted to chat with you about that real quick. But let's chat about something else. Something else I brought up, okay? I think other people have brought it up as well. You got a talented guy, Jeff Sims. Let's say Heinrich Harburg starts the quarterback versus Northwestern, our next game. What are your thoughts on taking a talented guy who's currently a quarterback and potentially using him 
because we are short at running back experience, guys. We are short deep threats of wide receiver. What are your thoughts on using a guy, an athlete like Jeff Sims, in other various roles if he's not the starting quarterback in the future? I think that that is appropriate. I think that that should be called for and at least experimented with and talked to Jeff about it, see what he thinks about it. But, but uh, you're right, he's a great runner, but there's a big difference between running as a quarterback uh, when you're when you're when the pocket breaks down, you have some holes to get through, big holes sometimes, versus running run between tackles, big difference. But uh, uh, I, I would I would I would certainly experiment with. It. I like Harburg at quarterback. I like what he's done. He's uh, he's led our team. You know, this last win was against Illinois, but it was a very important game, very important game. Because because we you have to you, you know this we played in these successful teams you have to learn how to win you have to learn when you're down how to come back and win and they did a good job of that last week I was I, I, you know it wasn't pretty but it was a comeback win that was that was uh, needed and put something into the heads of these kids this is what you have to do to win this is what you have to do to win. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective, and if effective is all that really matters to me right now. Okay, so talk to me, because I like what Harburg's done. He's obviously got things to work on, young guy, young kid, no, no no, doubt about that. But what's impressed you? When you say you like what Harburg has done, what's impressed you? What What have you liked so far about what he's done at quarterback? A, his, his running ability. B, his ability to throw that ball from different angles and get it to receivers. Uh, you know, you'll see him throw a sidearm sometimes and over the top sometimes. And, but he appears to be a good leader. He appears to be uh, the kind of player that uh, uh, his teammates rally around and they like him. And, uh, you know, that, that's you get a quarterback exception in the huddle, and it's his huddle. You know, uh, most of my quarterbacks I play with were like that. You stepped in the huddle, it was their huddle. They were the leaders. And if Harburg's leading that team, I'm not in the huddle with him. I really don't know. But it appears from his performance that that's what he's doing. When you watch the demeanor, the body language, when I was on the sidelines, albeit the Michigan game, you know, you can just see and kind of hear and feel little things here and there. I feel like he's the type of person, player, kid, player that Nebraska fans really kind of are endeared towards. It's just what my gut tells me. Now, you and I, we were recently back the night before that uh, Michigan contest for a celebration of the 1983 Nebraska football team, the scoring explosion. Also 50 years since uh, Coach Osborne coached his first season at the University of Nebraska. So talk to me about some things that stand out to you from being coached from a guy like Coach Tom Osborne. Well, Coach was, was – First of all, it was a whole different time period, as we all know. We we could give out 45 scholarships a year with no top end. We had 190, 200 guys on scholarship, so there was a lot of talent out there. And and Coach Osborne believed in uh, continual repetition, continual repetition to perfection. We would run 200 plays of practice, and all of them were live. wasn't no wasn't no messing around. They were live. And, and that ingrained into us exactly how the game should be played. You know, uh, my coach used to say it's a nasty game for nasty boys. Well, we challenged each other like you guys did in practices. We would have no fewer than a half dozen fights at uh, practice just between players. 
and sometimes between coaches. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how mm-hmm. competitive it was on the, on the practice field. Well, that competitiveness in the practice field carries over into the game. And as I, I was, I was back for ten days in Nebraska. I went to met Coach Rule. He was very generous. Come over and visit with me for ten, fifteen minutes. All the assistant coaches come over, said hello, introduced themselves. It was, it was, it was. Uh, then I, then I watched them practice, and they practice, they practice hard. He gets after them. They, they holds them accountable. You got to be held accountable in practices. Because if you're not held accountable in practices, you'll, you'll, you make mistakes on the field during the game. All right, Tony. So you said a lot of similar things that night when they were honoring Coach Osborne. I gotta, I gotta ask you this, dude. Two hundred plays of practice. 200 plays, of pre- that seems like a lot, dude. Is that is that a real number? Yeah, we, we've done 50, 50 plays a station, <laughs> four stations. And, so, and sometimes like when, when it wasn't good enough, we'd do more. Oh, uh, yes, I've definitely been a part of practices where you started an entire period over with like 30 seconds left in a 20-minute period. Yeah, Absolutely. no, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's not something players enjoy. Um, the 1983 team. Beans, as we were just there at that celebration together. I know you weren't on that team. I didn't play on that team, but you watched that team, I'm sure. You've gotten to know some of those guys. What are some of the things that stick out to you the most when you think back on the scoring explosion, that 83 season, and that team itself? I was at the Orange Bowl Miami game. I was playing with Tampa Bay at the time. I went down to the game. I was on the sidelines of the game. Uh, I was around them for about three or four days watching them practice, and they practiced hard like we practiced. And they were, and plus they had a tremendous amount of talent with, with Mike Rogier, of course, Turner Gill, Ricky Simmons, Irving. I mean, this was a team that was loaded. They also had a tremendous offensive line. So these guys were loaded. Defensively, we weren't quite as, as strong that year, but we were very strong offensively. And uh, these, these, these guys were... They, they were good and they knew it. And that's a big part of it when you when you really understand how good you are and what you need to do. And I was very impressed with that. On the last touchdown after we scored, I'm standing next to Coach Osborne, and I'm thinking, what's he going to do? He didn't even hesitate about going for two. Didn't hesitate. He just went for two. And uh, which is Coach. Coach was either going to win or he wasn't going to win. We could get him up for a tie. We, we, may, we may win the national championship that year, but he didn't. But that's that's coach, you know. Coach plays to win. He doesn't play to tie. He plays to win, and uh, that that team was uh, the scoring explosion was exactly right. Man, they could they were they lit it up all over the place. I've always said personally, I can handle a win, I can handle a loss, but man, do I hate ties. And the only thing I got to add to that is real men go for two. All right, last question I got for you, my friend. Do you think it's more likely? And I'm going it, to, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. And I know I'm being drastic with this as kind of the point of hopefully a, a little bit of a fun question. Do you think it's more likely that Nebraska goes five and seven to end this year or they win the Big Ten West? Well, <laughs> I don't know about winning the Big Ten West. I think that's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I saw it's eight and four. That's kind of what I was looking at, eight and four. So, um, we'll 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 see how that turns out. I I uh, I, I think Coach. I, first of all, I'm a big believer in what Coach Rule is doing. It takes time to build. One thing I noticed when I went to practices was was we're we're, we're lacking in talent. We we just don't have the players. 
Now you got receivers getting hurt, running backs getting hurt. So we're 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 down some. So it's going to take a little uh, a little more nit nitty gritty dirt band type football to uh, to get this going. I like Anthony Grant. I think he's a great back with. It. And I like Johnson. Johnson has some has some uh, explosive ability. We need to capitalize on that. I like the way Harburg runs. I think uh, a little more inventive option play. For this is just my opinion, but a little more inventive option play would be good for us with Harburg and, and Johnson and Grant back there. So, uh, it's, you know, option football, triple option football is a different kind of game. So you can, you can, you can actually run true triple option without great offensive line because – what you're doing is you're allowing a defense, one defensive player, maybe two defensive players, to go unblocked, and you make and make them force them to make the decisions on the run. So um, I'm a big believer in option football, and a lot, a lot of great teams are running that, but not triple option, but they're just running that that shotgun option, however they do that stuff. But I like I like what I see. I like the progression. I'm glad we won this game. We've got to, we've got to find ways to win other games. I'm sure Coach Rule put these guys through 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 the heat next next couple of weeks practices before the next game. Who who do we play next? We got Northwestern. Northwestern in Lincoln. Yeah, it's actually the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium. Oh well, there you go. I was I was at that first game 100 years ago. Well, <laughs> well, Tony. I want to. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to respond if you were serious or not. To be honest with you, um, I want to thank I'm you for old, joining I ain't me. That I, old. Yeah, no, I I, I put that. To, I was doing the math quickly in my head. I was like, wait, Tony's not not quite that old. Uh, I don't want to keep you up from your golf game any longer. I appreciate you taking the time to join me, my friend. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Tony Davis on the Aloe Fiber VIP line. We will be right back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.